0: Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show.
1: Classic hits. Now, first, do you or even can you at this stage have any faith in the cervical check screening programme? Around 800 women who underwent cervical check screening in the last nine months or thereabouts, were not issued with their results due to what the health service executive has said is an IT issue. The HSE has said it sincerely apologises for the latest issue, for the confusion and the considerable anxiety that it may have caused for some women and their families. Basically, these were women, were told by the HSE, up to 800, although there has been a suggestion that it may in fact be a little bit more than that, largely underwent retesting So in other words, they would have had a smear test that would have brought back some form of abnormality or wasn't, the result wasn't clearly read. And they were then sent for repeat testing, mainly for the HPV, the presence of HPV, the human papillomavirus, which leads to cervical cancer. And they're saying that these tests went to the US to Quest Diagnostics Laboratory in Chantilly in Virginia in the USA. That's one of the labs, by the way, that the HSE has been quality assured as part of the cervical check programme. In other words, they've deemed it to be fit for purpose. But for some reason... The results were not sent back to women and were not sent back to their doctors. This is being put down to an IT glitch. Now, as I said in the introduction, this is just the latest in a long line of concerns and screw ups in relation to the cervical cancer programme. We've had misdiagnoses. We've had labs that weren't quality checked. We've learned in recent months that some of the labs weren't even known about until Dr Gabriel Scaly went in to investigate what was happening. Some of the labs that we had subcontracted to or the HSE had subcontracted to had subcontracted out to other labs which the HSE weren't even aware were testing Irish women's swears. We've had the, the audit results which were kept from women and their families Even now there are still women who are having to go to court, women who have terminal illnesses at this stage. In many cases, the disease progressed to such an extent that they are now going to die. There is nothing that can be done for them and yet they're now being forced to go through a courts process. Now, one woman who we know the name of, Irene Teep, who was caught up in the cervical check scandal, although Irene wasn't aware of it at the time that she died nearly two years ago now, and Stephen Teep, her husband, joins me on the line now. Stephen, before we get to this latest revelation about cervical check and this latest scandal upon a scandal upon a scandal, maybe you might talk us through how this affected you and your family. You've got two little boys. You were happily married to your wife, Irene. What happened and when?
0: Hi, Tara. Uh, back in 2015, September 2015, 18 weeks after our youngest boy was born, Irene got diagnosed with cervical cancer at the late stage, uh, stage 2. Um, it wasn't on the back of um, participating in the, the cervical check program. It was on the back of Irene not recovering from childbirth for 18 weeks. She just continued to bleed and eventually led to this cancer diagnosis. Um, Irene fought very, very courageously for just under two years and passed away in July two thousand seven seventeen. her anniversary now is in two weeks, this day, two weeks' time. Uh, nine months after Irene passed away was when this whole debacle broke, and that's when we learned that uh, Irene had two smears that were audited, both came back with different results. Mm-hmm. Um, they, The see were aware of it, obviously, three weeks before she passed away, but decided not to tell her. Uh, nor, or decided as well not to tell me, um, obviously, her next of kin um, at the time. Um, but I suppose what angers me about the disclosure piece of all of this was for the two years that Irene had cancer, she must have asked about a hundred times why wasn't this picked up in the smear test. And right before she passed away, they got the answer to that, but never disclosed it to her. Um, I suppose the what we've learned then since the debacle broke, and on the back of the Dr uh report, was how there was a system, this was the system, in his words, um, doomed to fail. And what we've seen since then is just a constant breakdown of when you have a system doomed to fail, the fallout from that. And I suppose this is what we've been campaigning for and working very hard to try and get this system back up and running again, because I suppose it's very important to say, you know, screening does save lives. Um, the Cervical Screening Programme has saved tens and thousands of women's lives, but however it's left the number of families down at the same time. Mm. And the families that have left down basically is what's highlighted all of the errors of um, a system that was set up with no governance, not having the correct people in control, but also as well tendering out to these labs based on cost and not quality. And these are all of the, as well as what's built up to the 58 recommendations that Dave Gabriel Scali's put together um in order to be implemented to i suppose get this system um up and running correctly and so we can start building trust back into it but obviously then you have the news of yesterday yeah. that um do you know when you're trying to when you're supposed to work i think so many hours a week as patient advocates in this trying to re-establish and get all of the errors of the past corrected um to try and then start working toward a system that you know the women mm-hmm. of ireland and their families of course can trust on uh, yesterday, you know, I was very disheartening again to see this massive communication breakdown again. You know, well,
1: I, I, w- I want to ask you how you felt personally. I mean, you have dedicated, you're, you're, you're grieving. You've got two little boys to take care of, and I can only imagine that at this stage, you haven't even properly been able to get your own head around what happened to your family, to your wife, and to your little boys. And you have dedicated the last year of your life to campaigning to trying to make things better, to trying to improve the system, to also trying to encourage women to continue to keep going for their smear tests. How did you feel yesterday afternoon when you heard that yet another screw up scandal had emerged in relation to the cervical check programme?
0: Uh, look, it was shocking to, to hear this news yesterday, but, like, you do, know, obviously extremely disappointing. Um, I think at the heart of this has always been around delayed diagnosis and delayed results and um, communication breakdown. And what, you, what we learned yesterday was this lady, Sharon, who spent the last number of months trying to obtain results and didn't seem to get anywhere with that, but finally got them at the end of June, but also discovered at the same time that GPs around the country haven't been receiving or some haven't been receiving results four women who have had tests late last year and early this year. And when she raised this issue for the, the concerning thing here is this was the response or lack of response in order to get clarity around the situation or to find out exactly what went wrong. Um, blaming it on just an IT glitch isn't enough. It's the response from the HSC to find out, well, how many people does this affect? Uh, why weren't GPs communicated to? And I would have a big problem with the GPs being left out of this again and not being communicated to correctly. Because to me, I suppose the front line of medical care for anyone is who's the first person we all go to the GP. They need to be the ones that need to be informed of everything. And the fact that these results were being sent out to them um, and they didn't know they were supposed to be, they were even being sent out to them, um, it's very disappointing again. Um, I go back to the beginning of this whole debacle last April and uh, when I first learned that Irene was after being dragged into this whole um, cervical check debacle, the first person I would have contacted would have been Irene's GP.
2: Yeah.
0: And he didn't have a clue about it because no GPs at the time were even informed that there was audits being taken place or the results of again. And it's just, you know, while, while we are taking baby steps, moving forward in correcting a lot of the errors, there's still just some areas that they just don't learn from. And um, keeping working with the GPs closely because, you know, anyone, like the women in relation to their smear test, myself in relation to anything else, if I'm taking the boys to the doctors, the GP we always go to, they're the ones we rely on most. Yeah. And to keep them out of the loop again or not updating them correctly from a communications point of view is... is um, it's just unacceptable. Uh, we have uh, the latest uh, Cervical Check Steering Committee next week and I certainly have a number of questions that I'll be looking for answers on in relation to this. I want to know what, exactly when they found out, what they found out and what they did about it, when they found all this information out. And, and, how and, 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 and again. yet
1: again, and, and on that point Stephen, we hear that the HSE have admitted that they were made aware of it a number of weeks ago but only informed the Department of Health, we understand yesterday.
0: Yesterday, that's right, yeah. So what, what what were they doing when they found out a number of weeks ago to yesterday um, they've, they've assured us now that they've sent all the results out to the GPs um, in relation to these results that, that women have um the tests that women have taken, but I think I, I, I still want to have an understanding exactly what sort of communication is sent to the GPs in relation to this, so they are up to date, um, because you know I'm sure many of the women that are waiting on tests will have a number of questions for their GPs, and of course they need to be informed as well um, to, I suppose, give give, give the women reassurance, um, but if they don't have the answers and they're not being communicated to by the HSE, then it's not going to be of any benefit to anyone. So that's the important thing now as well, to to, to try and establish exactly how this is being communicated.
1: Stephen Teep, I can, can you imagine, put yourself in the position of of one of the head honchos in the HSE, that this situation blew up just over 12 months ago now. Mm -hmm. It's a massive scandal. Women have died. Little boys and little girls, like your two little boys, have been left without their mother. You've been left without your life partner. And it was because of a number of communications failures. It was because of a number of mix-ups in the system. We understand no screening programme is ever going to be 100%. No medical test is ever going to give 100% accuracy all right. of the time. Yep. That's a given and we understand that. But imagine yep. overseeing this, having to have the likes of Dr. Gabriel Scally come in and e- e- examine in minute detail what was going on. 58 recommendations he made in his report. Then during the the period of 12 months and women dying um, all of the controversy over the court cases that uh, women having to go to court. Then it emerging that labs that we didn't even know about were being used, um, that they weren't quality checked, that now they've been retrospectively quality checked. If you were in the HSE in a position of authority in relation to the cervical check programme, wouldn't you make sure and wouldn't you have made sure over the last 12 months that you were micromanaging to the situation to such an extent that what's happened here now being put down to an IT glitch, results not coming back. I I, I kind of have the feeling that if that was my role and my job, I would have been literally checking the results coming out of every lab that was being used on a daily, if not weekly basis.
0: Absolutely. Given that the, this topic has been, you know, on the, the you know, the, the news agenda, pretty much weekly for the last year and a bit, you would think that you would be on top of every little step of it. A lot of the work that has been done has been identifying the mistakes of the past and correcting that. And um, this, this I know, isn't. I know this a isn't. This is This is
1: the recent past, Stephen. These are I these know, are tests that have I happened know. between last October, they tell us, and June. We're only into the yeah. second week of July. This is up until a couple of weeks ago.
0: And this is what I can't understand when Sharon, the, the lady that was chasing up these results, did make contact and highlighted the issues. And, you know, she seemed to have, from listening to her interview this morning, made a lot, not a lot of effort contacting the HSE and Service School Check and the Department of Health. Like, they should have been all over this um, straight away, um, you know, if they she hadn't got the results, instead of just, I suppose, blaming the backlog. They should have double checked was it the backlog, and they never did. And then it turns out to be an IT glitch. Mm. And even now today, they don't know how many women out of the eight hundred this actually affects. So we don't know. When I asked the question yesterday, know how many does this does this affect? You know how many women haven't received results here? Mm. Um they still have no idea. So you know, it's it's just ridiculous. They just, it's, yeah, I just, I have no word for it really, to be honest.
1: Yeah, we did um ask uh, the health minister Simon Harris if he'd participate in the program today. Stephen. We were told that um, they, that the Minister's office said they would get back to us. They knew that the programme was coming to air at midday today. We haven't actually had any further response back to them um, apart from the fact that we'd put in a, a bid to speak to the Minister. Yet yeah, we'll get back to you but they haven't come back to us. We did of course ask for a representative of the HSE to be put forward um, to come and talk to us on the programme today. We sent an email to them within minutes nine minutes to be absolutely precise we had a response back saying no one was available. Now I've worked as a journalist and have put in requests uh, to speak to people for nearly 30 years now. Helena, our producer, is extremely experienced in this regard as well. If somebody comes back to you within nine minutes to say, no, I'm sorry, no one's available, that would indicate to me that it wasn't that they rang around to see were two, three, four or five people who maybe have oversight or involvement in cervical check weren't available. It seems to me to be that there was, and I don't know this for a fact, but my hunch is that the HSC have had a policy today that they're not actually putting anyone forward.
0: And the question is, why is that policy there? It's because they just don't have the answers. And that's unacceptable, given that this issue has been highlighted in June. And the questions that you're going to be asking are the same questions I'm going to be asking, is how many women does this affect? Have everybody been communicated to? They said they have. But the detail of it, what went wrong, how it went wrong, and how many women did it impact, they just don't have the answers to. Because they didn't have it yesterday when I was asking them. Um, I doubt they still have them today, and I reckon that's why there's radio silence.
1: Stephen, finally, and thank you very much for coming on and talking to us on the programme today, but finally, and I and, and bear in mind, we've asked for the Health Minister, we've asked for the HSC, they're not available. You're not the right person to ask this question to. That said, you're the only person who's been in a position to come on and talk to us. What do you say to women, and I'm one of them, who's waiting on a smear test, having had procedures done in the past, so I have a history I'm still sitting here waiting and I've been told by my GP I could be waiting till maybe October. What do you say to women like me and the tens of thousands of other women like me who have a smear test in the system? And now we hear this again today. What can you say to us to make us stick with this and have any faith in the system? Or is there anything you can say?
0: Do you know, look, it's obviously a difficult question to really answer. I'm not a medical profession, so I'll just answer it as just an ordinary citizen of Ireland. Like with anything, whether you're a man or a woman, regardless of what it is you're concerned about, you've got to take control of your own body. You've You've got to ask the questions. You've got to follow up in the same way that the lady, Sharon, followed up over the last couple of months. And you've got to go to your GP. The GP is the most important person here. And you've got to go to them and ask them the questions, seek reassurance from them. That's the only thing I can say, really. And um, the GP is the most important person here in, in, in all of this, sort of front line to everything. Um, so st- take control and go to your GP. That's all I'd say if you are concerned.
1: Stephen, how are you and the boys doing?
0: We're fine, yeah. It's a, a busy time of year, summer. So trying to bounce them around between uh, summer camps and everything else. Um, do you know, like the boys are six and four now. Uh, they're getting on great uh, so yeah so we've uh, two weeks off now the week after next and obviously as I said earlier Irene's anniversary is coming up so we'll yep. spend the week down in Allihys in West Cork a um, favourite spot of hers where her ashes are scattered as well and where her family's from so um, we'll be spending time down there as well but um, all in all no, the boys are doing, doing great they're getting big so uh, yeah,
1: and I'm Go sure ahead. they can only ever be very proud of their daddy, Stephen. You seem to be doing a fantastic job, not only in Irene's memory but also for the women of Ireland as well. Thanks very much for joining us well. on the you. program today. Thank you. Darling. You're very welcome. Thank you, Stephen. Karen, I want to bring you in here. You've heard Stephen Teep. I mean, I'm very emotional having spoken to him. You can get a sense of his anger, um, and for all women, I think, and for all you know, for all husbands and fathers and families. And we have a situation here again where over 12 months, we're still hearing about yet another scandal to do with this cervical check system. Can we have any faith in it? Um,
2: to be honest, I don't think so. Um, I myself am um, actually waiting for um, waiting for my case. I had cervical cancer when I was 23 um, back in 2010. So my case is currently being reviewed. Um, So I didn't have faith in it and hearing the news today is just, it's, it's absolutely horrific.
1: And tell us us about your experience when you had a diagnosis of of cervical cancer. Um, So for
2: two years I had been attending my GP with every symptom under the sun. I mean you look at the symptoms, I had them all. Um, I was going in constantly. Um, I mean I was only 21, 22 so I was quite scared and nervous. So, I mean, I went in for two years and I went undiagnosed because they said I was under 25 and I am not entitled to a smear test. So I suppose my issue is slightly different in that sense. Um, I mean, I was sent for other tests. They were like, you know, tech for STIs, it could be this, it could be that. I was a college student. Everything kept coming back clear. And I suppose um, what um, Stephen was saying, Stephen, right, what he was saying beforehand, if you... If you're worried, just be persistent because if I hadn't been persistent, I probably wouldn't be here today because when I was diagnosed in 2010, it was only because when they had sent me for another test, an STI test, I demanded that they do a smear and they said it was a completely different test but what they said they would do is send me for a colposcopy, which they did and I was diagnosed with stage 2B cervical cancer. So.
1: And what happens when you're diagnosed with stage 2B cervical cancer? Apart from the fact that at 23 years of age, at any age, I can only imagine it's an awful shock. But at 23 years of age, it's not what you're expecting to hear. Uh, you obviously felt so impassioned and ill, I can imagine, that you persisted with this. You may not, as you say, have had that diagnosis at all, in which case you may not be here today. Exactly, But, yeah. but, but what happens from a medical point of view when you are diagnosed with stage 2b cancer?
2: Well I mean initially I had no idea. My parents didn't know what was going on because it's not something I'm going to be chatting to my dad about, you know, like women problems, you know. So I literally found out that day I was on my own down in Kerry in college and had to ring my parents to come up from Limerick. So it was just, I can imagine it being the worst day for them too. Um, We didn't know where we were going from then. I was obviously referred to a specialist and um, honest the specialist was absolutely A1 as they would be when you get to that level but I did have to have a hysterectomy at 23 so um quite a big surgery for that age um and obviously it's affecting me definitely now because I'm 32 and I'm getting married and all the rest so yeah yeah. that's kind of like I don't know if it even hit me properly when I was that age um I mean the fact that I had cancer did because I was quite ill but you know there was long-term like I suppose implications like you know like now, it's affecting me big time now, and I suppose the fact that I got, well, the scandal came out first of all last year, and then I started getting letters from cervical checks saying that they were reviewing my case, and I was so confused, because it's obviously quite a different case to what you're hearing in the news of um, the poor women who are unfortunately dying, or, you know, they're very, very sick at the moment. So I'm confused, my doctor's confused, nobody knows why they're reviewing my case, and all, I just have thousands of questions, you know, as anybody would.
1: I I can only imagine. But now you're you're back in the system again, having been treated successfully. Obviously, it's something that needs to be monitored and checked very, very regularly. So where are you in this system now? Have you gone back for repeat smears through the cervical check programme or are you being seen by the specialists, bearing in mind your history?
2: Um, Well, I think the whole thing is quite laughable, actually, because since I had my... um, Surgery, what what are we now? Going back like nine years ago. I constantly get letters saying, can you come for your smear test? You still have not had a smear test and all of this. I have. Um, So I've contacted them numerous times and they're telling me to go to my doctor, get a letter and then come back to them to say, I've had cervical cancer, which I have. I've been in the system. Mm. So I actually haven't went through cervical check officially. So I don't know what's really going on. I obviously have my checkups with my surgeon um, inside in the hospital. It was every three months for a couple of years. Um, even though I'm gone past five years, he's still calling me in. And obviously with everything going on at the moment, I still have one every year. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm really, really confused. Personally, and nobody has answered for me. And I've rang cervical check. I've, I don't understand why they're, you know, it's just very, very confusing,
1: really. So you, you don't know if your most recent smear was actually performed by your consultant in the hospital, but then went into the cervical check system. You don't no, know that. I have no idea. And are you waiting for a result currently? No,
2: no. And what happens is they just, see. I don't even, I don't, I don't know what they're checking because I currently don't think I'm getting smears. I think I'm just getting a checkup as in an internal checkup. I don't, that's, it's a complete gray area. I have no idea what's going on. That's what I think is part of this huge problem that the women aren't being told what's going on regardless of whether they're diagnosed or misdiagnosed or they don't know. I, I've a couple of cases of family and friends who were, they were getting treatment for um, the precancerous cells and they weren't like my sister. She wasn't, the only reason she was getting this treatment obviously is because of my history. Yeah, She wasn't even told what was happening. She was brought in and it was done there and then. She wasn't even told, she was never ever told her results and a colleague in work was the exact same. She was never ever ever sat down and told her results but had the treatment for pre cancer itself.
1: What like would you? What, 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 what do you think needs to happen here, Karen? What, if anything, can happen here now to reinstill faith in the cervical check system? I'm not entirely
2: sure. Like I really, really think that nobody has faith. Well, there might be some people who have faith, but screening is so important. It's not that I would never ever tell anybody not to get it done i think it's absolutely vital Mm. that people still get it done but i mean if there's any symptoms or any worries at all like follow up follow up follow up and it's just i think that i don't know how but i think the HSE and everybody involved in any part of this scandal needs to communicate with all women involved whether it's hundreds of thousands or whether it's a couple of hundreds they need to be communicated with because everybody is so 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 confused everybody is everybody involved and obviously there's that fear of oh my god i was in that time frame that happened to me then mm-hmm. am i one of these women they every single person even if everything it was always clear for them if they aren't ill at all i still think they need to be communicated with mm-hmm. whether it takes months or years i definitely think that needs to happen
1: Karen, thanks very much for sharing your story with us today. Um, As I already explained when I was speaking to Stephen Teep a moment ago, The Nile Boylan Show did make an effort today to speak to the Health Minister and to a representative of the HSE, but it seems this lack of communication is continuing. How do you feel about the cervical check screening programme? Have you or your uh, significant other currently sitting waiting on results? Have you just had them? Do you trust them? Can we have any faith at all in Cervical Check. Just want to read you some of the texts that we've had on this issue of the Cervical Check programme and the latest scandal to emerge, this time involving up to 800 women, or possibly maybe more, who had tests done between October of last year and June of this year, but they haven't gotten their results because of what's being termed an IT glitch at a lab in the USA. How did Dr Scally miss this cock up? The new HSE board, same shambles, that's from Kevin. Yeah, you do have to ask the question, how was this one, which was you know happening in the last nine months or so, missed by Dr Scully? Although I do think his brief was to look at what happened up to the point of the audits that were done in recent years. Tara, I'd advise women when going for a smear to ask where the lab is. My most recent test went to a Dublin lab, but it still took seven months for my results to come back. Why the hell can't staff be put in place in Irish labs? It's not bloody good enough, that from Inga. Yeah, I think we've had it explained to us um, by the department and by the HSE that there's a bit of a skills shortage in the area that's required to staff the labs. So that's why they're being sent or partially why they're being sent to both Britain and the United States as well. I'm not going to defend the HSE or the Department of Health in that, but that is, I know, certainly something that we have been told is a bit of an issue. And a scandal such as this would be met with the resignation of the relevant ministers and prime ministers in other countries and the fall of their governments in Ireland. However, it's par for the course. That from Richie in Cork. And Simon Harris, the man at the helm of yet another scandal, was too busy championing the abortion referendum for the women of Ireland. He can claim to be there for the women's health all he wants, but in the meantime, women are needlessly dying and being diagnosed with preventable diseases, not to mention the Children's Hospital. How does he still have his job? Karina? it's very hard to have faith in the cervical check system, isn't it? It's very, very strange.
3: Like, I um am... I didn't have any faith in them, and I had to go for my smear in the end of April this year. And I did ask my GP, had he any idea when the results would come back? Mm -hmm. And he just laughed, and he said to me, you're listening to the news. He said, I haven't a clue. So I just kind of went, okay, fair enough. So I waited a couple of weeks, and I rang the cervical screen, and I said I was wondering, like, when I would get my results. And they said there was a backlog, and it could be, like, the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'd always had clear smear tests, so, you know, not to necessarily be concerned. So that was fair enough. And lo and behold, I got my results in this week. Right. So, you know, I I have very mixed feelings. My heart breaks for the families who have lost, you know, daughters, wives, mothers, um, and for girls and women that are waiting on results. And I'm just thinking, like, I only got mine done in April, and now I got the results this week.
1: Does that in itself not make you suspicious when we hear yesterday evening it's about another?
3: Do- yeah, it does. It does. And I, it kind of restores my faith a little bit. But then I am kind of saying, OK, was it just rushed through? Kind of, you know, get rid of it. Just tell her everything is fine. It'll be grand. So I do, I I've very mixed, mixed feelings and mixed emotions about it, to be very honest.
1: And what are you inclined to do? Do you think, bearing in mind your own history that you've had clear smears in the past, that you're just going to take this at face value or are you kind of thinking, do I need to have it done again? Do I need to be sure to be sure? I
3: think at the moment I'm going to take it at face value because the results went to my GP as well. So Mm -hmm. cervical smears sent me my results and my GP also sent me the results. So I just feel they went through my, my GP as well. If there was anything there you know, I'm sure it would have set alarm bells off with him. Because I've, you know, I've great faith in my GP.
1: Yeah. And I mean that seemed to be the message that both um, Stephen Teep and Karen, who had her own diagnosis of cervical cancer, what, eight, nine years ago now, both of yeah. those were saying that, that what's really important here is your is your relationship with your GP and to keep in touch with your GP.
3: No, we like we, we're with our GP like 23 years and I have total and 100% faith in him. And he knows that I can kind of be a little bit of a worrier. Mm. So, you know, for the results to come through him, I'm sure he scrutinised them before he sent me the report to say, look, no worries, they want you back in five years.
1: Do you think that the HSE and the Department of Health should be on the airwaves today. It, they, they, seem to be, they seem to be uh, very reluctant to come out and Stephen Teep was suggesting that's maybe because they just don't have the answers. Would you be more reassured by a Minister for Health or a, a representative, a high-ranking representative from the HSC, came out and said, look, to be honest, we're still trying to establish the facts of this or... Would you prefer that they wait until they actually do have the answers to the questions that everyone seems to be asking? To be
3: honest, I don't like the fact that they're saying they don't have the answers. As far as I'm concerned, get, your, get yourself together and get the answers for these women. And as far as Simon Harris goes, I don't think a man should be the Minister for Health talking about women's health. He hasn't a clue.
1: Well, I don't know if that's fair, Karina. I mean, in the same way that we had Mary Harney, who would have been a Minister for Health and a female Minister for Health, she would have been dealing with men's health issues.
3: Well, she might have, but, you know, the cervical smear now, just gone, it's gone way beyond the beyonds. And I really think that somebody else needs to come on board that understands what they're talking about. He's just reading off a fact sheet that somebody's given him.
1: Anna, I want to bring you in here. Karina's had a smear; she's had her results back. It's clear; it all seemed to go pretty quickly for her. She's saying that she does have faith in the system. Is she right?
4: Well, my thing is is that I wouldn't like to be coming out and saying there's no faith in the system because, in my point of view, that what happened with those women who sadly have passed and are suffering now was that with, vital information was withheld from them by their consultants. I mean, when you talk about, when you hear what Vicky had to say about, you know, photographing her results and all of that, like, the information was there and it wasn't passed on to her. Now, that's not criminal, I don't know, And but I wouldn't like to be saying to women, don't go get your test, because I think we have to, you have to go get your test. I mean, I had mine, and a few, I would have been in that same age group, and one of mine came back abnormal, but fortunately it was just infection, so so I was okay. But there would be a lot of women who weren't okay. And and that's the worry now. And that they're going now wondering, am I one of the women that wasn't told? And that that's the worry that a lot of women would have. Are they one of the women that weren't told? Now, I'd say by now, I would hope that that wouldn't be happening now, that everybody would have been scrutinized and they would have gone back over people from the same batches that Vicky was in. And the other yeah, one, exactly. and see. That's what I would hope. Um, but, you know, it wouldn't be fate. I wouldn't have lost faith in the test itself. The test itself works. It's its the human error part of it that is worrying. And the fact that it was outsourced to a place in Texas or something, who outsourced it to Hawaii, Honolulu yeah. or something.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's
4: too much moving around. It, like, if they'd spent all the money they spent, you know. Upskilling people here. Said, well, then why can't it be done here? And that's what should be done. In effect, you know they're outsourcing and they're, you know, doing all of this and saying, "Oh, well, it's going to be cheaper. It's going to be quicker." Well, it wasn't. And can we not please learn from this?
1: Mm. Anna, and though you 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 are are you reassured? You said your smear came back to as an abnormality, but it was um it it infection. was yeah it was an infection. Yeah. Um but. Are you are you absolutely certain? Is there not a doubt at the back of your head? Karina's had no. her smear back, it's clear, but there's a little doubt in her head. No.
4: Not not now. Not now. I don't really have a doubt, no. I think I think there's too much concern now about what's gonna happen that when something goes back I think I think nearly the people who have slightly abnormal results and it goes back for testing are better off than people say who just get it straight away. Oh, your grants, but I don't have like I would say to to women, get your test. It's much more important to get your test than not have it there because at least on some way that that test can be retested. You know, there is a way of going back and finding your batch and finding your number and checking your previous test against your new test. So there is, um, oh, the word is escaping me, but there is a record and there is a way of going back and finding it. So, no, I would still have faith in the actual test. I just think that the government need to get their act together together and stop being so concerned about everything else that's going on and get our own house in order and worry about other things later.
1: All right. It's
4: our people, it's our women, it's not anybody else. Get and look after our women.
1: My you know. concern, thanks Anna and Karina. my concern is that, you know, if you're going back around and round in circles again and you're having a test and a retest and then you're still uncertain, how can you ever be assured or reassured? Is the only option here for people to really dig deep, find the money in any way that they possibly can and have private tests? Is that what you'd do if you're waiting on a smear test or even if you've had one back like uh, Karina did and there's still questions in your head? Get in touch with the Nile and Show and let us know how you feel about the Cervical Check programme. Irene, what's your feeling now after this latest slap in the face? An
5: absolute outcry. I need a country to be dragged to the streets. My point is is that I can't believe that, uh, not the caller has been on the one previously, who made a statement about a a woman in charge of the health service. The lady who, who sourced this out to America was Mary Harney, right, to save money. You know what I mean? That's who started this, Mary Harney. But what really, it's a two-tier society again in the health service. If you can pay and work to Santa Cruz and get your test done, you'll have your results in three days. So none of these people who make these judgments use the health service. Do you understand my point? Yeah. And their tests are not taken out of the country, so they don't give a damn. And until people and women realize that you really don't give a damn, right? I just can't believe that they've done this again. Now, I explained my attitude. My daughter had, a, had a, a cervical check, right? Yeah. And months and months later, right, I got a letter at the state, could I get her immediately to the hospital? Now, I'm talking 10 months on the go. Do you know what I mean? 10 months later. Yeah. So she had to go, she had to come back from London, go to the hospital. They've done a lot of procedures on her there, right? And she rang a couple of weeks ago, because they had done another smear test, and she rang a couple of weeks ago from London again. And the lady said to her, oh, you would be way waiting. she said, there's 100 people. We're going back over old, old, old smear tests, right, from the first batch. Mm. And my daughter said, well, I'm 27, and I want to find out what's happening here, because she's not well again, right? So they sent a letter to go back tomorrow. Now, she got that result like that fourth lady said when she rang up about it. Yep. If they kick up, you get it. She got that letter to go. You know what I mean? My nerves have gone over my daughter. Now, there's thousands of people like me and I cannot believe that you're listening to a lady who was on before me blaming uh, the people here. The people here is the government, not, not a doctor. A doctor has... Right, I mean, but do you, do
1: you take the point that... Oh, a screening programme and having a screening programme, albeit with flaws, and we're hearing a lot about them, yes, but course. a screening programme, if that hadn't been there, if that hadn't been in existence yeah. for the last 10 years or so, many more women, in actual fact, would have died from cervical cancer.
5: I can accept that point to a certain degree. I mean, I'm 62, I tell you children, I close a smear test done, you know what I mean? Yeah. I and mean, we never had this situation because they were, they were done here in my country. God knows there's enough money being poured into that health service that the whole government, the whole lot of them are responsible, going far as back as Mary Harney, O'Reilly, they all know about it. And they don't care, Tara. They only care about their own. And people getting on the phone excusing them and saying, oh, this this and that. But no, it's the government saving pennies and spend them billions.
1: Marie, I want to bring you in here. Do you agree with um, Irene that it's, that it's misappropriation, essentially, of government well, money?
6: Well, I'm going to just say make one statement, and this is my opinion. If I was in a job, and I didn't do my job properly, I would be sacked. Absolutely. And there is nobody being held accountable here. I mean, I know the book stops with Minister Harris. But like, whatever you know, at the moment. But I mean, there are people along the way who aren't doing their jobs properly. Somebody has to be held accountable.
1: Right. But we have had, I mean, we we lost the head of the HSE. He fell on his sword. Did
5: he not get a big, huge pension when he left
1: Right, but I mean, you'd you say, saying, I, I, and, I, and I get, you, I don't, I, I, I get your point, Marie. You
4: shouldn't
5: you know have I mean? a penny.
6: Well, I mean, there's been it's so many different fiascos in this country. Absolutely. I mean, without you, you have, I mean, you've housing, you've banking, you've have, you have health care, health then. service, everything. There's so many different crises, and nobody is being held accountable. But on top of that, years ago. Whatever you say about whatever different uh, parties that we have, political parties that we have, you would have somebody else saying, we can do better. Now, none of them are saying we can do better. There's nobody disagreeing with who's in power. Why is nobody saying we can do better?
1: Because because maybe they're they're dealing with bureaucrats and uh, public servants and a a, a a body like the HSE, who ultimately they're the ones who I know that the the minister Harris and the government technically are in charge, but they can't. Mr Harris I'm can't be qualify. accountable. Minister Harris can't be accountable for every person who's working within the HSE no, and for every vehicle, decision that's made.
6: Why, you know. Why are the managers, why, why are, are the, the managers, managers, you know, the executives, executives who are getting these big wages not being held accountable? Do you know what I mean? Like, if, if, if a technician is not doing their job properly, they sh- the manager should say, you didn't do your job right. You're fired. We're getting somebody else in who's better qualified, who's, you know, like, let's face it, more competent people. Like, I mean, we have plenty of young people in this country who are educated their heads explode and we're sending them overseas, you know what I mean because they won't give them the jobs here They're not, not and then they're exporting jobs out oh, of the country, like why the hell is there not a, a big place for cervical smears here in Ireland that implies our fantastically wonderful people young people who were you know, falling out of colleges with degrees and letters after their name and yet we're sending it over to America and Canada and and these people are so shagging and
1: incompetent that they can't even do a smear test properly. Would you go for a smear test in the system, in the public system, in, in cervical check, Marie? Would you have faith I in the system? Done.
6: I, I have done and have do. And, and I insist on my daughter doing it too. And, but what can you... This is all we have. And unless you go private and you still no guarantees of it being right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, that's what they're trying to shove us into, going private for everything. And then you still no guarantees that it's going to be done right. But I mean, we didn't know it was being sent, uh, 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 you know, on an airplane across the city. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Uh, let's face it, how many things can go wrong? Like at least if you have it in your doctor's surgery and the doctor sends it to a laboratory to be tested and then the results come back. That's a simple transaction. That happens with blood tests. Yeah. That happens with... Yeah. You know, it should be that simple.
1: Yeah. And
4: yeah. it
6: should be that finite. Yeah. We should be able to say, yes, your result is there. It's, it's right or it's wrong. And here, we're going to do something for you. And women, like, we shouldn't... And it shouldn't be a woman and man thing. Do you know what I mean? At the end of the day... Every man, like all the men have mothers and sisters. Yeah, well, we heard at the very start
1: of the programme from Stephen Teep, who lost his wife, Irene. It's a very hard one. I mean, I think Stephen Teep's message was loud and clear. Karen, who was also on the programme a little earlier, who herself had a cancer diagnosis at 23. Their message was loud and clear to the women of Ireland. Although you may have reservations, although it certainly doesn't look good and it certainly doesn't sound good that here we are talking about yet another cock up in the cervical check programme. The message, I think, still from those who know best the effects of this, the likes of Stephen Stephen Teep, the likes of Karen, is to continue to stick with the cervical check programme and go for your
0: smears.